It's coming this way, sir. Good grief. It's a stegosaurus. Here they come! Hello and welcome to episode 103 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Eric Moore and today I'm all alone again. As we record this, it's less than two weeks to Christmas and people are busy and I really don't want to hassle them um, about you know taking some time out to uh, to do a recording so here we go the last solo episode of 2018 where I'm talking rubber t-rexes as I take a look at Doctor Who's invasion of the dinosaurs I love all the lunatic schemes go to a science fiction convention go up to any classic Doctor Who fan say four words and you're guaranteed to either get a laugh a smile or a groan and those four words are invasion of the dinosaurs. A Doctor Who story that's both infamous and derided, I think, in equal measure. It's got a reputation that is terrible and a reputation, I think, that you would struggle to actually find worse of, be it in Doctor Who or anything. And it is totally down to the special effects. Which is a great pity because the actual story itself uh, about by Malcolm Hulk is actually very good and um, in incredibly relevant now. It, it was rather uh, forward-looking. You have a group of scientists, eco-scientists, who want to return uh, the Earth back to how it was when it wasn't so foul and polluted. They're rather radical about it, of course. And one of the plans and ploys that they've got is actually to bring dinosaurs um, from their time up to our time, well, 1974, that is, um, to appear in London to clear London so there are no you know, witnesses to what they're up to. Um, and as I say, it, 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 oh, sorry, I'm stammering a lot today. Um, it is a terrific story. You know, it opens with this deserted London, um, the sort of deserted London you can only get by looking back now. I mean, back, that's back in the days when you could go up to London on any Sunday morning, right up until lunchtime or something, and the streets were deserted, weren't they? Yeah, no, in this one, um, episode one, you've got a terrifically deserted London um, where John Pertwee's doctor arrives along with Sarah Jane, Jane Smith. And the two of them are brilliant, absolutely brilliant. You know, it's classic um, John Pertwee and Elizabeth Sladen. And... Um, yeah, they're just lovely together, and you know the best bit being, of course, the uh, the mugshot scene. Um, and it's got an awful lot going for it, you know. As I say, you've got the brigadier in there, you've got unit in there, you've got Mike Yates being a turncoat in there, you've got the Who mobile makes its uh, appearance here. But like I say, anybody who thinks of this story, you're going to think of the dinosaurs, and the <laughs> really rather rubbish dinosaurs. Now to get to the root of the problem um, that all started with Malcolm Hulk writing an original tale called Time Scoop 
um, and it was the show's producer Barry Letts who suggested adding dinosaurs into this story because his theory was oh all children like dinosaurs children watch Doctor Who let's have a story with dinosaurs in it and I would really like to have seen the production uh, people's faces when you know they were told that yes this story coming up is going to feature dinosaurs in modern day London because how are you going to go about it I'm sure there were boardroom meetings about what are we going to do about this I'm sure they didn't just turn up uh, at the special effects department's door and said we need dinosaurs go um, I'm sure there was consideration I mean obviously you know stop motion was out uh, the BBC just didn't do stop motion, uh, as far as I'm aware. Um, I guess they ruled out a man in a suit, because if you're going to have a man in a suit, a la, you know, Godzilla, um, you're going to have to make buildings for that man in a suit to walk around in, um, which would be, what, six, eight feet tall, or you've got to CSO him in, and it's just going to look like a man in a CSO background. Or I guess they could have gone for some sort of like, you know, low budget animatronics, which, uh, you know, the likes of um, At the Earth's Core and people that time forgot at that time were um, uh, using to create their dinosaurs. But no, no, uh, they ignored all these things and um, came up with the idea of doing the dinosaurs via puppets. And... The man to blame for all that is, again, Barry Letts, the show's producer. Um, he had always had an interest in puppetry, and he thought that they could actually make the dinosaurs using puppets. Um, he was impressed with the puppet Drashigs, which had been in the Carnival of Monsters tale. But, of course, those creatures no one had seen before, so you, you had no, like, you know, mental idea of how these are supposed to look or move or whatever. And crucially, they were filmed at high speed. So when it was shown at regular speed, they were slowed down, okay, when they were shown at the proper frame rate, um, which they didn't do here in this story. Uh, as I say, that is crucial. What you've got is uh, a hand-operated puppet being filmed in real time. And, yes, <laughs> hang on, we'll, we'll get to that bit in a minute. Um, so, right, so Barry says, okay, we're going to do this puppets-wise. He did say on, on the uh, documentary that's on the DVD that the idea was to use puppets for the close-ups of the heads. And I don't know if that was the actual, the actual where things went a bit wrong, that they were only ever meant to be seen in close-up and not in long shot, because it's in long shot. Well, I was going to say it's in long shot where it suffers, but you see a close-up of that T-Rex, and bloody hell, it's awful. All right, I'll take that bit back. All right, well, so here we go. Barry contacted the show's head of visual effects, Jack Kine, okay, who I'm guessing rather, you know, sensibly farmed it out to somebody else. And that was a guy by the name of Clifford Cully. Now, Clifford Cully had worked for Rank at Pinewood Studios, until he formed his own company called Westbury Design and Optical Limited in 1970. He had already worked for the BBC uh, renovating the TARDIS and quite a few Daleks, I think for Planet of the Daleks, he was the guy who, uh, who um, you know, renovated them. So he wasn't a stranger to the BBC and um, Jack Kine knew him, so it's like, uh, uh, do you want this job? Now, Clifford told Barry Letts that they could deliver the goods told him not to worry about it, and again, crucially, said, 
leave us alone, let us crack on with it, we'll deliver the goods. Big mistake. When delivered to the studio, Barry and his team, they were horrified to find out that the dinosaurs that had been created were very basic rubber puppets um, with very basic rod and cable systems and hardly any ability to move. But it was too late to go back and again, just like in This Is Spinal Tap when they have the six inch Stonehenge, you've got to go ahead and do it. Okay. So that was that. That's how they filmed the dinosaurs and it was put into the show and we have now decades of it being laughed at. Barry has um, often said that um, out of all the stories that he had done for Doctor Who, this is the one he would most like to do again, but with modern technology. He said, quote, just imagine what it would have looked like if we had the resources of walking with dinosaurs. Now, I disagree there. I've seen a couple of um, places on YouTube, and I'll put links to them on Facebook, where somebody has removed the dinosaurs and um, put in very walking with dinosaurs or uh, Jurassic Park-style dinosaurs. And I don't think it works because you've then got quite state-of-the-art-looking dinosaurs in a 1974 science fiction drama, and the two just don't work. I think if you were going to do it, and you were going to CGI the dinosaurs out and replace them, replace them with something that looks like it was comes from the 60s or 70s, you know, 60s or 70s-style dinosaurs, if they did have the money to do a Ray Harryhausen-style, you know, stop-motion, all right? So that's the background, that's the background to uh, the uh, thing we're talking about, or I'm talking about today. Uh, so let's get into it, shall we? Let's, I've, I've sat down and I've made notes as I've gone along about all, what I think about all the dinosaurs as we go through the story, right? So I don't really remember this when it first came out. I really don't. I was about 12 when it came out, but I don't really remember it, so I'm watching it as an adult. So, the very first dinosaur you see is the T-Rex, okay? And it crashes straight through a house. You hear this roar, it crashes straight through a house. Now, the house and the street are fine. They are miniature. It's a miniature house and it's a miniature street, okay? But, oh... The T-Rex, I mean, I can remember when I was little, you know, my dinosaur books were um, uh, the depictions of dinosaurs are nothing like how they think dinosaurs look now, but, and you did, you had slightly podgy T-Rexes. This is a slightly podgy T-Rex. It's a slightly awful T-Rex. Anybody in the UK who's my sort of age will remember an advert from the 1970s for Chewits these chewy sweets where you had this um i think that was stop motion actually thinking about it it was a stop motion um aliens dinosaur thingy um terrorizing you know cities around the world and then stopping to eat a chew it sweet and this t-rex is not as good as the chew it's monster it's awful he's got this like bendy uh, gnarly face he's got in fact, I think his head is out of proportion to his body. He's chubby. He oh, he, he looks terrible. Uh, he moves terribly. Um, he's roaring, but the roar doesn't match its mouth at all. 
Um, and it does walk. It, it, it's really the only one of the dinosaurs that you actually see walking. And it walks terribly. It's walking because they've got actually got rods attached to its feet and he's being operated from un underneath the stage. Very crumbs clumsily moving him along. I mean, this... It's it's shockingly bad. Shockingly bad. This is the worst one. This is the one, you know, if you... If you Google Doctor Who Invasion of the Dinosaurs or terrible special effects or terrible Doctor Who special effects, you're going to get a shot of this fella or him uh, fighting the Apatosaurus. It is, it is truly dire, okay? All right, so that's the first time you see him, all right? Next dinosaur you see is the Stegosaurus. Sir, message from Spotter Control, sir. The Doctor and the Brigadier have arrived. Oh, the Doctor knows the monster under close observation, miss. Right. We'll need some rope and a strong net. You intend to catch it? Yes, of course. I want to observe it under laboratory conditions. Have you got any rope? We've got some tying rope, sir. You're going to tie it up? That's my intention, yes. All right, Corporal, carry on. Right, sir. That creature has an amiable disposition, Brigadier, and a brain about the size of a walnut. I think we should be able to deal with it. Don't you? The rope, sir. Now, he looks okay, because you see him in the distance. He's a bit colourful, but he looks okay. And, again, crucially, he doesn't move much. He's sort of like standing there, and he moves his head, and that's it. You don't see him walk or anything, okay? And he's not in it for very long. So he's all right, but he's, it's still... Oh, that's a puppet. Further on, we've got the Apatosaurus, this, you know, uh, Brontosaurus-style thing. That's even better. It looks pretty good. You know, in a photo, that wouldn't look too bad for a 1970s, you know, dinosaur. But, mm, again, can barely move. All right. Oh, I forgot to say, through all this, the roaring of the uh, dinosaurs, which are all the same, no matter what dinosaur you've got, it's the same roar. Uh, the sound effects supervisor, Dick Mills, that's him doing the roaring. Okay. Uh, he roared and then he put it through filters and things like that to distort it. All right. Um, next up, and I'm, I'm going to put a photo of this up. It is just shockingly bad. It's the T-Rex in close-up, okay? As bad as you, he is coming through a wall, when you see the screen is filled with his head, it's just, oh, good God. It, it, oh, it, it's awful. And it, his eyes are very odd because you, they're, they're black with a yellow pupil, you know? Very weird. Um... And they also made a large T-Rex head as well. You, you, you then see it, and it doesn't look anything like the smaller one. This is all very uh, terrible. <laughs> um, it falls over, and that's terrible. They made it fall over by basically just taking out the rod on its left leg, so it was uh, overbalanced and fell over. And when it lands, yep, you can see it's just foam rubber. It's just foam rubber. The, the, all these dinosaurs, no matter whether they look, oh, that looks okay or not, I'll tell you what they look like. They look like the, if you go down the pet shop and you was to buy up some um, toys for your dog to chew, that's exactly what these look like. This looks like bendy foam rubber dinosaurs for your dog to chew. 
The next dinosaur you see actually isn't a puppet, and that's the pterodactyl. And Clifford farmed that job out to a guy by the name of Rodney Fuller, and he made the flying version, which is pretty duff, um, which is a full-size version, and it looks just like a fancy kite, basically. It, it, it's flung, uh, flung. It's uh, hung on wires and flown, and uh, yeah, that's not very convincing. But what is okay is when the Doctor has locked himself in the broom cupboard, the pterodactyl attacks, and it's a really quite nasty-looking uh, head there. Um, it's almost like a Skeksis type head that comes round the door and attacks him. And that's all right. I don't mind that. Um, it's very aggressive. It was operated by a guy by the name of Ian Wingrove. Um, terrible sound effect for it, again. But it actually, that doesn't look too bad. That's quite creepy and quite scary. And it is an arm puppet. This Ian Wingrove has got it on his arm and he's operating it. Uh, so it looks all right there. If the rest of the dinosaurs was were like this, maybe I wouldn't have a problem with it rather than these cartoons that we've been seeing outside. Um, I feel so sorry for all the actors in, in this story because, of course, they didn't know what the dinosaurs were going to look like. They did all the location filming beforehand. Um, and I'm guessing, you know, all, the only thing they saw of the dinosaurs was, you know, this, this uh, puppeteered um, arm puppet head and the flying pterodactyl. They didn't see the models. God knows what they thought when they actually watched it upon transmission. So, as I say, yeah, the head's all right. The flying one's not. Um, next dinosaur we see is the Triceratops. And again, it's all right. It's not bad, actually. If that was a photo in a book in the 1970s, you go, yeah, that's a decent one. And uh, But no, it's in this story. But it barely does move. Um, they, they just sort of stand there and open and close their mouths and maybe you might get a bit of neck movement. But that's all, okay? And then you get, after that close-up of the T-Rex, uh, the second worst moment is this fight between the T-Rex and the Apatosaurus. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. It's just truly dreadful. It, you, you can see what it is. You've, you, you've got one guy one side of the camera and another guy on the other side of the camera pushing together two rubber dinosaurs, trying to push the T-Rex dinosaur so its teeth go anywhere near the um, Apatosaur's neck. It is truly dreadful and one of the worst pieces of uh, TV special effects I think I've ever seen. And I'm including Lost in Space in this. It is truly dire. At least in, with Lost in Space, it was sending things up, wasn't it? It, it was camp humour. This is meant to be outright, you know, family, uh, entertainment, science fiction, action adventure. It's meant to be taken seriously, but you can't take it seriously when you've got dinosaurs like this. And this is why... Um, you know, this story has such a dreadful, dreadful reputation. If you've never seen it, I, I, I'd recommend you try and find it. I looked on YouTube and um, you get clips from it, um, but not the whole episodes. So it's a case of buying it on DVD. I don't know if it Doctor Who streams to or anything. But uh, trust me, if you go on YouTube and you type in Invasion of the Dinosaurs, the short clips that you see of the dinosaurs is more than enough, all right? 
to give you a feel of what these special effects are like. It's a shame because as I say the rest of the story is actually really good fun and a very enjoyable six part tale but uh, the dinosaurs so so let it down. And so with that I have to think about what the rating is going to be uh, for this and I've got to give it uh, a little bit extra because I do like the pterodactyl head that goes into the broom cupboard but even with that extra bit for that it's still only a one it's a one out of ten right that's it another short little episode but next week we have our second birthday episode so I'm looking forward to that I haven't recorded it yet should be doing that soon and uh, we'll back to, be back to the usual time for that so thank you everybody out there and uh, see you for our birthday episode <laughs>